Hello, I'm your host today, Neve Callahan, a consultant within CGI's energy transformation sector. In this podcast today, we will take a look at the current challenges facing energy companies regarding the generation of renewable energy. There are many implications for renewable energy generation, from high construction and infrastructure costs and power storage, to optimising maintenance and a lack of government policy and subsidy. I'm here with two members from our energy transformation team who have been working within energy, oil and gas for over 25 years. Today, we'll examine the challenges and opportunities and the valuable role of data in bridging the gap between conventional and renewable energy generation. So I'm pleased to say that I'm joined by two of our experts, Shan Roy and Joe Dipple. Hi, Shan. Hi, Neve. Hi, Joe. Hello, Neve. With renewables, which particular energy types are the focus and what challenges do these cause? Yeah, so I think um, it's evident um, that there is a, a significant amount of investment going into to offshore wind. So I read an article recently um, which which forecast that, that global installed offshore wind capacity is expected to reach 630 gigawatts by 2050, which is up from only 40 gigawatts just a couple of years ago. Um, and I think this this growth in investment is obviously being driven by the availability of higher wind speeds and consistency in the direction of the wind at these offshore locations. Um, and you have the obvious advantage of space. So, so oceans, they provide obviously the perfect location to build wind farms in terms of scale and openness. And within that, that offshore growth, floating offshore is becoming uh, a major topic um, floating wind turbines, uh, they don't need to be grounded in the seabed like the fixed bottom turbines. So they can be sighted much further out to sea in much deeper water where the winds are even stronger. And so obviously have the potential to be able to generate much more energy due to those conditions uh, further offshore. And I think I think floating offshore um, will will be able to build on the developments made by the seabed fixed offshore wind um, to reach scale e- even faster, uh, much as kind of today's offshore wind industry in, in general was, was built on the achievements within onshore. But uh, as, as you referenced, this won't be without challenge. Um, investment uh, and government backing is going to be absolutely crucial to, to really ensure that that capacity grows in a sustainable way. Um, we, we really can't forget that uh, also there's, um, there really is a need to have the right technology available to both support the operation of the wind farm, but also leverage the data uh, that will be available. Uh, but wind is really only one part of the puzzle. Solar is uh, is another key source of generation. And uh, Shan, did, did you want to you provide some insights into how solar is contributing to the mix? Uh, perhaps some of the challenges faced uh, with that uh, source of renewable energy? Uh, yes, uh, thanks, Joe. Uh, as you as you alluded to, yes, solar is uh, is also an and viable alternative. Uh, it's not new, though. Um, the solar photovoltaic cells and solar farms have been an interest and an investment of many countries and commercial organizations, especially the energy organizations, where they have been uh, building some of these across the across the globe. Uh, but as we know, shun doesn't shine everywhere, and not 
uh, at uh, kind of every time of the day. Uh, the the farms have been productive, but they can only function when there's uh, adequate amount of sunlight. But bringing that to kind of the play today, though, the organizations across the globe, and they are not just need to be from the energy sector, any commercial organizations, etc., uh, they have also started tapping into solar energy uh, by um, kind of cre installing solar panels on their facilities. So a good example would be like data centers, like IT organizations who have large data center facilities. They see uh, the installation and then the generation of power through these solar panels to offset some of their, their, their carbon footprints. So it's becoming from a B2B perspective, from a commercial perspective, and renewable energy source generation and obviously then consumptions for their own needs. And it's not just uh, only for the organizations from a B2B perspective, lots of homes uh, and, and kind of buildings are also getting into using solar as a, a viable alternative, which creates a own challenge of uh, managing the energy generated from solar and then consuming, but then also thinking about how storing whatever is excess, if there is any, Joe, yeah. Thanks, Shan, yeah, and I, I think, um... I think the, the final the final point to mention um, here is, um, and it's a very important trend right now, the role of hybrid assets uh, and plants uh, and the role they will play. Um, so this is about different combinations between production and storage. So uh, wind and solar, wind and storage, solar and storage. Um, and I think hybrid plants uh, can really present many benefits when compared to a pure wind uh, farm or a pure solar palm uh, or other kind of pure renewable power plants as they really have the potential to provide an optimal combination of, of both solar, wind and storage to deliver uh, stable round-the-clock power. So we've discussed onshore and offshore wind as well as solar. Shan, are there any other types of energy that we should be highlighting here? Uh, yeah, indeed. I mean, hydrogen comes to mind. Um, it is obviously uh, currently being in top of the charts of alternative and renewable energy sources and a lot of organizations and initiatives are concentrating to make hydrogen as potentially a replacement uh, uh, of the current fossil fuel. Uh, now, there are different ways you can produce hydrogen. And there are different types. Um, we, we talk about multiple colors. They are all color-coded. Gray hydrogen is uh, currently the one that gets generated uh, by, uh, you know, the source using natural gas or methane or coal. And then uh, and that's, that's not one of the purest one. But then you have the blue hydrogen where whatever... Uh, the steam comes out when the as part of the electrolysis process and creation of hydrogen. The the steam that is being formed that is being captured and stored. So the blue hydrogen is is also called as a carbon neutral option, and rather than obviously dispersing the steam into the atmosphere. But then you have the green hydrogen, which is called also a clean hydrogen uh, because it is 
produced using uh, electricity or generated or power generated from renewable sources. So it can be from solar or wind energy generating the power and then that power being used to do the electrolysis and production of the green hydrogen. So green hydrogen is the one that everybody is concentrating on, on how they can maximize how the uh, different renewable energy sources that Joe talked about and I talked about can contribute to the production of, of, of this green hydrogen. And, and then have a, a hydrogen value chain, which is from production to transportation and consumption of hydrogen into, into this mix. But like other energy sources, it also has its own challenges. So the challenges, as I explained earlier, there are different ways you can generate and hydrogen based on the colors, but this, the, the main area is the transportation and distribution because there are some safety concerns and challenges there, but also how hydrogen is used for industrial or commercial purposes and also mainly for transport when it comes to shipping or aviation, cars, uh, you've got rail, um, trucks as well. Uh, which needs a bigger storage area and, and much more safer alternatives of, for hydrogen-filled trucks, etc. And obviously, commercial road transport, uh, the wider vehicles as well involved in that. So it comes with um, the challenges of storage, distribution, and then obviously consumption. So now we understand the different types of energies that are out there, Joe, what do you think the role of data is in bridging that gap between the conventional and the renewable? Yeah, so this is a really interesting topic, right? Um, so I I attended Wind Europe 2022 in Bilbao. Um, and one of the, the key takeaways for me was that IT and data were really not one of the, the main topics of conversation at the conference. And it, it didn't feel like IT was yet embedded into what the industry is trying to achieve, which is somewhat at odds with, with other industries. So, so for example, the finance industry is completely embedded. So I suppose the key questions I came away with were, is the value of data truly recognised by the sector yet? Um, or is it the case that there is currently a lack of confidence in the data being gathered uh, and used? And I think an another important consideration and, and linked to what I just said is that the data currently being gathered and in use is not standardised. It, it really does impact the ability to scale solutions. And ultimately, that's going to need to change um, and improve as we move forwards to a more open, data-driven and agile component-based landscape. And so just, co just coming back to the question, I, th I think the, the key part of data bridging the gap will be found in AI solutions and building intelligence on top of the data. So it's certainly an area that I think is still evolving and there is still a pretty long way to go. Um, but there are some really interesting user cases. Um, so, so for example, some in relation to trading. So there are there are algorithms that, that that take data from forecasts from different energy production sources, so wind, solar, in combination with storage, and also together with data around the, the consumption forecast to really enable better energy trading decisions in real time obviously with the intention of maximizing revenue and profit. And so in, in summary, 
I think I think data is going to be crucial. Um, it's going to be it's going to be so important to to pull together the right data sources in real time to enable efficient and effective decision making. So it's clear that data is going to be incredibly important, but I think there's still a little bit of a way to go until we get to that point. So what does success look like for these organisations right now? Maybe I can I can make a start and uh, from a business perspective. Uh, this is a discussion about transitioning from the conventional uh, fossil fuels-based uh, value chain to a power-based value chain. So this is a journey everyone is on. From a business's perspective, um, all the businesses that we speak to, uh, they want to obviously grow and optimize their portfolio i.e. they want to build or buy effectively new asset types, whether uh, it's a wind farm or a power plant or a solar farm, as we were discussing earlier, and get the most out of that uh, asset or or group of assets uh, by generating it up to the maximum capacity of power that it should be generating. Uh, Very low downtime, because when these assets are not generating power, they're not actually doing anything. Uh, So any kind of maintenance downtime or planned maintenance is kept to minimum. So that's what success looks like. The more power can be generated, the more power can be distributed uh, quickly and the assets can be bought quickly, integrated to the operations quickly um, and and generating the power, but also the distribution, etc. But then also offboarded quickly because if the businesses want to sell something because they want to buy something bigger, how easy uh, operationally um, it it becomes is going to be a key success factor going forward. Uh, Businesses also are looking for generating new value in the the whole value chain and, and measuring better performance like Uh, focusing into better energy management solutions, uh, better production forecasting solutions. Um, I already mentioned about the operational side, so surely production optimization is top of their head in terms of how they can achieve a better optimization by obviously doing predictive maintenance and supervision and control, but also managing all the associate elements like managing of the spare parts and workforce optimizations of the people who are securely working in these renewable uh, power generation side, uh, but also distribution and the, and the wider partner ecosystem is is effectively working uh, safely. From a business perspective, I think, uh, Joe did touch upon the data element. I think that's also key from a success perspective. The business leaders within the renewables industries are looking for how they can leverage digital and better insights are being derived from the data they have today but also the data that gets generated as they grow their portfolio and which helps them to better uh, analyze the generation versus the demand that is coming from the consumption side. So the business wants to make um, better decisions, making it more dynamic for them to help them through the peaks and drop of the the customer demands. And finally, 
they want to have a, a a predictable cost of the transformation as i said earlier from a journey perspective this is an energy transition journey it is a business transformation for uh, the organizations in in this energy space and they want to obviously have a predictable transformation cost to give energy as a service to their end customers uh, from their business perspectives maybe joe you can highlight uh, uh, what success looks like from the technology side yeah, thanks, Shan. I guess there's, there's there's two two points to add from me. Um, so, firstly, I think automation is is going to be key. Um, so, particularly in the operation of the assets, uh, from a, a cost and efficiency perspective, um, automated solutions are going to play an absolutely crucial role in creating a successful operation. Um, and then I guess the, the final point from me is that I think it's um, it's going to be more important than ever that, that these organizations, uh, both from a strategic business, but also technology perspective, are able to effectively manage, operate, optimize their global asset portfolio across all energy types. And I think the the emerging strategy to, to achieve that is through one consistent system or platform that enables the the data to be thoroughly leveraged to extract the maximum value. Um, And this is really a topic that I'm sure Shan, me and you uh, and the wider CGI team would love to have further discussions on. So that's been a really interesting discussion. Thank you both so much for your time today. For more information on renewables or anything else that CGI do, you can visit our webpage or you can connect directly with Shan and Joe on LinkedIn. I hope you've enjoyed listening to our podcast today. Please make sure to check out the other Experience CGI podcasts on the channel.